0: Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in-house now. On Twitter, it's uh, at Jay Cameron Show. You can always watch the program also on War Chant TV. If that's your cup of tea, we would invite you to do so. And while you do it, like and subscribe. And get on in there. Celebrate the goodness. They discovered in Yorkshire the largest dinosaur footprint ever. I read that five forty-seven a.m. this morning, Tom, and smiled ear to ear. You know I love that kind of stuff.
1: Was it in a marsh that they cleared? Yeah, it's it's along the coastline. Yep.
0: Massive, massive footprint. You should see this thing.
1: Held the finish, called it.
0: Uh, um, I think they said the uh, Jurassic period, so around hundred million, just over a hundred million years old. Pretty cool. Just an aside, a lot of negative things in the world, a lot of negative things on the uh, news feed, generally speaking. But when the dinosaur footprints come up or paintings or whatever it might be that are sold for millions of dollars and we're in somebody's backyard shed, I perk up. You know I do.
1: So that's where Jimbo's playbook was found.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know what I was reading during the break? And actually, this is beginning to bother me, and I hope we're on the cusp of making these kinds of uh, discussions irrelevant. And that is uh, kind of the state of Florida recruiting big boards, 10 of the most impactful 2024 prospects and what schools they're considering going to, right? Now I've shifted my attention away from the transfer portal at Florida State to the high school ranks to see how much of a step up in that arena does Florida State's coaching staff take? I suspect quite a bit by the early evidence for the 2024 class. That seems to be true, but it's also important in my mind. Not everybody agrees. That's fine. I don't need you to agree. It's my show. What I'll tell you is that I am monitoring that in a way, and you can say monitoring if you want.
1: I did. My influence did.
0: I am monitoring that to uh, be sure that uh, that we're – Well represented because I'm tired of teams just rolling on into Florida deciding they're going to take our kids, our kids, Tom. Undue influence from outside the state. They need to be ushered to Florida State University and only Florida State University, these five-star prospects from our own state. Now, I understand that you don't have room for all, so some will get the byproducts of what it is you don't want. In a perfect world, eh, he's not good enough. You can have him, Miami. We're Florida. Here's our scraps from what we don't want.
1: I hear the going rate's $4.5 Florida.
0: (laughs) So, you know, you look at some of these kids, and again, I don't don't know. I don't know who all these guys are. They're 2024, 2025 prospects, kids like that. You know, I'm not spending a lot of time on the kiddies, but I do know if they're that well thought of, they should be coming here. And I start to look at, well, where are they going? So there's like a five-star kid named Jeremiah Smith. You know of him? 6'3", 190-pound wide receiver. Already committed to Ohio State. Damn it, man. I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, There's a five-star defensive lineman. Those are hard to come by. Got to get those guys. Got to snatch those dudes up. David Stone is that kid's name. Oh, that's a name. That's a winner. It's a five-star. He's at IMG Academy. Right there. Let's go down and get David Stone.
1: Nickname is D-Stone.
0: Top 10 overall recruit. Top. Five defensive line recruit, 6'4", 285 teams he's considering, Tom. Ohio State, Michigan State, get the hell up out of here with that. Oklahoma, no, no, I don't like it. Not one bit. Five-star corner, Ellis Robinson. Ellis Robinson, maybe. That could be a bust. Already committed, Tom, doesn't really matter. Guess where? Georgia. So I've just named three, all three, out of state. Ernest Willer. Can you guess the position?
1: Ooh. Could Run- be Will Orr. Okay.
0: If I were Willer, I'd change it to Will Orr. Running back. He's a defensive lineman, also at IMG. An end? Or defensive line, he's two hundred and fifty pounds, okay. six foot four. All right. That would not work as a as an interior Interior guy. defensive lineman, no. Yeah. Penn State, Maryland, Alabama, Ole Miss, Wisconsin, and on the fringe, Miami. Well, some of this, Come though, on, man.
1: I get it. But some of this, these IMG kids are from different parts of the country. I understand. So they're not technically Florida kids. Some of them. Some of them. You know, go through, look at some of these other guys.
0: Charles Lester III. Oh, all right. Now, we like Safety. Charles. We like Charles Lester third. Th- he's a cornerback, so good job. Okay. I thought so, too. No, no, he's going to be a safety. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, <laughs> you wait. He's 6'1", 170, so he's mm-hmm. already got some good height and weight to him. Going to get to 6'3". Considering, first and foremost, Florida State University. Oh! oh come on down, oh, oh, Charles oh, oh, Lester 3rd oh, oh. Let's go, baby. He's also looking at Clemson. No. Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Ohio State. Ooh, Okay. Stiff competition. He's already taken a picture with Dabo, unfortunately. It's a cheesy picture at that. Does he look like he's enjoying the photo? Charles? Uh, Dabo looks like he always does, smiling ear to ear, thinking I may fool another one. Yeah. All right, here's one for you because I like you to guess, and we're on the list. We're on the list. Five-star athlete. Six two one seventy. I know you need the size, the all weight, right, the speed, all right. that. He's just considered an athlete. Athlete. Jojo Trader. Gotta have him. Gotta have him. Man's name is Jojo Trader. You gotta have him. Trader as in... trader as in trader. Hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah, I agree. Jojo Trader. Yeah,
0: I like this. I like Jojo Trader. He could he's considering Jamie... Florida
1: State. Yeah, he could be like your Jamie Robinson. Little combo guy in the slot. I just like the JoJo Trader. It
0: sounds right, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I give you another one that sounds right, and I like you know he's already a commitment elsewhere, unfortunately, but we could probably win him over. Jonathan Eccles. Hmm. You had to guess Jonathan Eccles height and weight. What would you go with? Jonathan Eccles. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Eccles. 210. No 6'4", 230. He is an athlete as well. He is committed to Tennessee. Not what we do. Johnny Eccles is 6'4". we got, we got to work <laughs> on that. Last one. He's on the list. Offensive lineman, 6'5", 290, IMG, considering Florida State, Miami, Florida. So the big three are in, along with Alabama and Ole Miss. He has been on campus at Florida State University multiple times. Come on. Jimothy Lewis. Jimothy? Jimothy Lewis. Outstanding. <laughs> I don't know. Jerry, I want to name him Anthony. Well, I want his name to be Jim or James. But I've always loved Anthony. Well, how about Jimothy?
1: Okay. There it is. 6'5", what? 290. I long for, and I don't Jimothy. Think- I don't no, I don't think it has to be too much longer. A day in which that is affixed as a size and profile of a guard here at Florida State. It's six five, three hundred five, six five, three ten. So we like those agile guys. And Armella could be the first. Lucas Simmons certainly is, has a great frame yeah, for Clearwater yeah. International mm-hmm. Academy. And a great name for the position. Lucas Simmons is not a center. Lucas Simmons is a tackle, though. Without question. Jimothy is a pulling guard. He is... Or a center. He is not...
0: A tackle. Ever since I gave us Naughty to the Knowles, and it worked out, and I've also landed several other players for Florida State University over the years, uh, further endearing myself to the to the Knowle community as we as we have. But I would tell you that um, I would tell you that uh, th- this this I feel like there's a couple names in here that I got to get that I've got to pull, and Jimothy is high on the list of people that I got to get in here.
1: Come yeah. on, Jimothy. Yeah, we want Lester as well. Yeah, you got to work on Trey Lester because it's Trey. I'm assuming that's his nickname. I just like, I mean, if I'm able to pull it off, because it's officially Charles Lester the Third, is that right? Uh-huh. Is my is my short term memory yeah. intact?
0: Charles Lester the Third. It was there was Jonathan Eccles, JoJo
1: Trader, who I feel like I should yeah. get. Charles Lester the Third. Trey Lester. Like, even when that nickname He's not Charles. Down, <laughs> You're going to go with Trey? Well, I mean, that also has a nice little ring to
0: it for somebody who's going to be a hit. For that matter, a running back named Jarek Gibson has a good ring to it, too. Jarek. Jer- yeah. I want to name him Jerry. What about Derek? No, Jerry. What about Derek? How about Jarek? Like McKinnon. Mm-hmm. So... Just kids keep an eye on. I'll probably pull a couple of them for us, guys. Just wanted to let you know. Get, put them on your radar. Wasn't planned. I was reading it during the break. I was disappointed when I went one by one and saw that many of these Florida kids were headed down the road elsewhere to uh, those that
1: would mean us harm. Ready for this? Mm-hmm. Drops back to throw. It's picked off by Charles Lester the Third, And that's how kind Chris Fowler signs off with dismay. When we shut down Miami. once Yet again. Yep.
0: I want you to look here. Now, look at the Telestrator. I'm going to show you a block from Jimothy Lewis. This thing is what you're asking for here. Now, he gets out. That's great footwork right there. But look, look at the way he finishes this block. Now, that's how you finish a block. This is Jimothy Lewis is one to keep an eye on. I've got a projected late first round as of right now. But more blocks like that, we'll see him rise up the board. Like, I promise you. Call him Jimmy Cakes. Big Jimothy is... Uh, Kid uh, from IMG, and Florida State was on him from the beginning. Has been on campus numerous times. You know, he's originally from Mississippi, Al. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Uh, did you see? Did you see? I'll only mention this in brief, but uh, I did want to bring this up before we bring it back to Florida State football. I'm actually going to combo things here this segment, Tom. I'm going to welcome in our friends at ISF. Not just yet. Can't wait to welcome them. Not just yet. Our partners, collaborators, cohorts, advertisers, Business partners at ISF. It's a
1: good question today, too. Look forward to this. Yeah,
0: one. I'll get to it in just a minute. You know, we we, we do this uh, every now and again when people pass away. Uh, I didn't get to mention the other day with the Lost Souls situation, but that broke my heart. But uh, did you see Raquel Welch uh, died yesterday? Uh, Raquel Welch, who you know, right? That's uh, yeah, a, sure. a, a, an internal bombshell, if you will. A siren is is another way of saying that, uh, Raquel Welch. A siren. Uh, I'm going to argue, Tom. I'm going to tell you that she's the original, you know, Selma Hayek and that Raquel Welch, certifiably hot as hell at, in 1960 and also 2010. <laughs> it is unreal. Never. It, it will never happen again, I don't think. Selma's making a run. And I am just being uh, a, a pig. Everybody, I am. But Raquel Welch showed up to a movie premiere in, like, 2005, Tom, and I remember going, what in the world? Remember when I was documenting how old Bob Hope was? And Bob Hope was old in 1970? Still going. He's dead as a doornail. But Bob Hope, the day I did the Bob Hope segment, where that awful picture of him on the front cover of whatever the magazine was, and I went, oh, God, Bob, Jesus. My shoes are brown. So I remember thinking, poor Bob, they shouldn't wheel him out like that. It's over. And then I started looking up some some numbers, and I thought, this is crazy. I was, not, I was shocked. Bob Hope was old in 1975, and that became the joke. Like, he was still alive in 2010 or whatever it was, and he was old in 1975. Raquel Welch was beautiful in 1960, was beautiful in 1990 and was still beautiful in 2010. It, that is crazy. Crazy person jeans.
1: Yeah, Jane Seymour had uh, the ability to stay uh, like just gorgeous into her later decades. Um, like Raquel Welch. Yeah. I mean, Raquel. Go. Sophia Loren. Mm, high on
0: the list. Yeah, Andy Dufresne, the poster, that is a famed poster. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, one of my friends noted upon seeing Raquel Welch's death uh, that uh, he had that same poster of Raquel Welch. Uh, a lot of people did. That was from that movie, One Million Years BC, um, and that's the the famed outfit, as we will just say that wondrous. I'm sure many a man it must have been odd back then when men came home with that outfit for their wives. Could you? Do you think maybe <laughs> the sho- the shoes too? Keep keep the shoes on. Yeah, it was, uh, it was something. So rest in peace, Raquel. Well, it's not going to go on and on about it. It is stunning to note that somebody was really good looking for 50 freaking years. That doesn't happen. Probably more than that, too. 60 years. 60 yeah. years, Raquel. I bet at 82, Raquel, she just died. She might have been hot yesterday. I don't know. Or two days ago. Whenever, whenever it was. Probably not. Probably that last moment might have been the first time in her life that she wasn't, as an adult, beautiful. It would be weird to speculate as I was starting to go down that road. (laughs) How do you like that segment, ISF? Let's segue on in, baby. Let's bring him in. (laughs) Jonathan's going, Jesus, Jeff, really? Now, we have a real question because I tell you guys all the time, ISF helps state governments solve for the future. They use strategy process technology. They... Those components are key and they help you out, and all these things that I've noted before. Decades ISF has worked with uh, state agencies just like yours, and uh, those challenges that you're facing, the ever changing landscape of technology, how to streamline that. They advise, protect, advance your business interests, but they collaborate. And I'm going to collaborate with you guys in the chat right now, a la ISF. And that question that Tom and I were talking about kicking around earlier today. Is this, uh,
1: which Florida State athletes, or do you want to say new, Tom? No. no. No, because there could be some guys that are holdovers that are going to take on a bigger importance in 2023. So let me ask you guys, let me do
0: it this way. Which Florida State athlete, this is just an honest goodness question. It will help shape our workload. There you go. You get to dictate to us. After all, you're the consumer. So I'll ask you. Uh <laughs> Which athletes do you want us to write about on the football team? Which? Cuz I ain't there ain't a damn soul you want us to write about on the basketball team. So don't well, worry about that. And talk about. Right. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, and talk on about, write about TV. all of it. Yeah, sure. All of it. Name the players you're most interested in learning about, hearing from, have us discuss, get to know, interview, whatever it might be. I'm throwing it back on your lap. This is You know what? This is an exciting segment, and I don't say that because it's our friends at ISF solving the future, but because we haven't had the ability to do it all that often, and now you have a bevy of guys to learn about, hear from, and follow closely because of the impact that they're going to have on the upcoming season. Folks, we're only seven months away from football. It's right around the corner. Let's go. Let us know. Who do you want to hear from? What do you want us to pursue regarding these athletes? Interviews, write-ups, you name it, all of that. And, of course, we'll follow them for the uh, spring practice, which, is
1: all, which quite literally is right around the corner. So we, we're, we're getting close. That's only a couple of weeks away. And there are jobs to be won or lost in spring because you can eliminate yourself if you fall too far behind. And maybe you have to transfer out, something along those lines. Florida State's over the scholarly limit right now. So some kids are going to play their way into a better position, and some kids are going to play their way into a conversation that's uncomfortable mm. at the end of camp. Take or it on down-the-road kind no, of conversation. Or an internal conversation. Just one where you're thinking, man, I can't catch these guys. <laughs> I'm going to have to go play somewhere else. They're too deep at wide receiver.
0: You guys make me laugh. Yes, then Cypress, Johnny Wilson, and then somebody our friend no dad chimes in with gino english
1: both kickers from tom okay the Pitch. entire offensive line tom that's going to take a while because they've got 12 13 legitimate contenders now if the development track is uh, expedited for a couple of these kids there's a yeah, lot of dudes
0: there's a there's a fight that's going to take place uh That on a daily basis, we will document for the growth of this program and the dominance of a team or potential dominance of a team, and it lies within that offensive line group and that defensive line group, and both competing at the same time should make for real drama. Guys wanting reps to be part of that first team or at least first off the bench, guys wanting to start for a team that has real high expectations means intense competition on a daily basis at the line of scrimmage, which is what we like to watch anyhow, We know Florida State has filled out the skill position players pretty well uh, over the course of the last two years. But the trenches, as they say, cliche as it might be, are where games are won and lost, and Florida State has gotten much better there, especially on the offensive line. It'll be very interesting to see what this defensive line looks like. That's an area that's got to get a lot better because offenses with a pulse move the ball, partly because uh, this defensive line really wasn't good enough to dominate too many games this year, so we shall see. But you're right, I'm really, really pumped about uh, that group of players. So that's why we we threw it to you. Uh, Zyler, good choice, by the way. I like it. Blake Nicholson, I think we should talk a lot about him as well. Winston's a good choice as well because, remember, he's a guy that kind of gets left out. We lost the services of him at wide receiver before the year began. We were really concerned about that. And so it'll be interesting to see where he is coming off that injury, having that whole
1: year to rehab and – he was already looking good towards the end of the year at practice. So there you go. Tally 850 has an interesting collection of players. Toa Feely, who's a holdover and a Swiss Army knife and, uh, you know, on the ground and a good insurance policy in case some of your younger guys or your more inexperienced players don't take as quickly as you want. So Toa Fili is a good utility piece to the puzzle. Jaheim Bell, of course, is yep. going to be a featured part of the offense, mm-hmm. we think. And then you've got two newcomers on the other side. So it's a veteran that you know who, what, what they're about, a veteran transfer that helps to put the uh, offense over the top, at least we hope, and then two of the younger defensive backs that could help shape the conversation in AZ Thomas and Shaheen Brown.
0: Well, I, I'm going to watch AZ Thomas really close anyhow. I think um, I think he's a big part of what Florida State has to get to, and Shaheen Brown I like a lot already. I get it. Briley, that's a good choice as well. Um, and, and all that said, something I am going to give him credit for here. I agree with him. I'm fascinated to see what this group gets out of Travis J. I, I know, roll your eyes if you will, he's just too good an athlete. He's still on the roster. The guy fought through some things over the last year and a half. The fact that he's still here shows me that he at least has a stick-to-itiveness that's admirable. If we can get this kid to, to play up to his athleticism, well, then you actually have a diamond in the rough. You have a guy that has immense ability that just hasn't been able to produce it on a consistent basis. Now, there are some circumstances that I'd rather not get into that led to some of that, and it's not nefarious, guys. I just It's personal stuff for him. So we would love to see
1: him be able to overcome all that and and do well. Well, again, it's a new set of eyes for that defensive back group. So you've got to start all over again, even if you were Renardo Green and you were entrenched as somebody who was going to get all the snaps. You've got to, you know, please the eye of a new, well-trained, and we hope well-equipped coach who can develop even better. And the shuffling that's going to come with it is going to be really interesting to see what position each of these players lands in. Shaheem, you could make an argument, is the replacement for Jamie Robinson on the roster. Or he could play over the top. Renardo Green could play safety, or he could play outside corner if you don't like the answers there. You think Cypress is going to be one of your outside corners? Kevin Knoll's job isn't locked down at slot. He didn't have a great year. Greedy Vance and Jarion Jones had a good finish to the season. So maybe there's a there's a battle going on there. Omarion Cooper is a guy who's lost in the shuffle. There's a whole lot going on with that defensive back group. And they're still wanting to add a safety before it's all said and done, and that would be before fall camp. So there's, there's a lot to be meted out there. You've got enough bodies to solve the problem, but it matters greatly what Sertan is going to think about this whole group because it's going to frame the conversation. Also, we get to see maybe in those one-on-one drills and seven-on-seven drills, maybe there's some different schematics, different technique. It's going to be fun to watch. Man, it gets
0: pumped up. I like the way you laid out right there. That was perfect because I agree with all of that. And I also, uh, it, it is an important development. And I think a, a step forward for the program, all of the things that. And I really didn't
1: even say Travis J. I I was just about to say, yeah. I mean, that's a wild card. If he is a contributor, then it gets even better. The the puzzle becomes fun. It's like, which piece fits best? They Mm -hmm. all fit. Mm -hmm. But which one fits best in this place? The
0: the, the one thing we didn't mention, it's funny because we, we kind of feel like we have some things in our back pocket here. And that is that, you know, we're just going to assume that Jordan Travis is going to be on that same path that he's been on, which is that of Ascension. We're going to assume that Johnny Wilson takes another step forward and the receivers will be a strength on this football team. Outside of Winston Wright, which we're going to watch closely to see how he assimilates into this offense, Hakeem Williams is a good one to throw in there as well, though. I mean, obviously, with what he could be um, body type-wise and speed and size and all of that. But uh, it's it's nice to be able to say that you're – keenly interested in certain other aspects of this team and that you've moved on from other aspects of this team. We really haven't been in that position, uh, kind of a luxury position uh, in
1: the last several years. I agree. I mean, and you could go to most every position group and say that there is some uncertainty. Some. Like, Trey Benson, of course, is going to be your lockdown running back, but who's number two now? Is it Kazai Holmes? Is it Rodney Hill? Mm -hmm. Is it Toa Feely? You know, Maybe your guy could be Rodney Hill. It could be Rodney Hill. It could, it could be. He's easy talent at yeah. quarterback. You brought it up already, but you know who is the who's going to be entrenched as the number two. Look, Duffy's got to run down Tate. It's Tate by a mile right now. But you've got two camps to help change that equation, and I would think in spring especially, you're going to get a huge shot at making a run at solidifying your case if you're AJ Duffy to be the number two quarterback. Then you could go to the offensive line and say, who are your best four tackles on the roster on the offensive line. You really could start in multiple places. Robert Scott is going to be in that equation, but could it be one of the transfers? Could it be Bless Harris returning in in that equation as one of your top four? Is it all transfers? And then Robert Scott becomes a guard for you. This whole shuffling, I mean, you saw what the group was last year. You're starting five up front on the offensive line. They could all be in different positions, or you could have five new people completely. Maurice Smith was entrenched as your center, but I don't know that that's going to be the case when this is all said and done. Darius Washington could be your center. Who knows? Man, options, Tom. Options. Roddick could be your center. Depth,
0: intensity, competition, talent.
1: These are the words And <laughs> <laughs> that excite the masses. It's competition against competition. Because of the defensive line, Jared versus is going to be one of your guys. And so is Fabian Lovett. But Braden Fisk could make some noise, and maybe be your alpha in the defensive interior if he can assimilate to the Power 5 level quick enough. You got a Miami transfer, you got Farmer, you got the three young kids who are looking to make a step up, Gilbert Edmond versus Derek McClendon versus Patrick Payton for the other edge rusher job. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: another one. Yeah, we've got uh, no shortage of topics and and ideas for uh, the spring and on into the fall, but we did for this version of – Solving for the future, solving the future with ISF. We wanted to collaborate, get back to you guys in the chat and kind of figure out where we were on story ideas. Who, who's the most interesting of the candidates? It's just nice that you have so many people saying, this guy, this guy, this guy, like 15 different guys. We didn't have 15 different guys that would have moved the needle in that way, shape, or form prior to last year. Maybe, maybe entering last year, you started to see some of that now, now it's bona fide. And we even moved on from segment groups that you're like, yeah, hey, they're great. Let's move on to this other area, which is really, really cool. ISF helping solve the future. You guys uh, haven't heard me talk about that in the past. Uh, they see your vision. They'll utilize their expertise to help you collaborate with you to solve for the future. They know you work hard and that your constituents depend on you, and they can help you do an even better job and help you realize those innovations and vision. Jeff Cameron, show 93, 3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. <laughs>
1: Jeff Cameron, show 93,
0: 3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant Chant TV rolling on. Going to be with you. Hey, so a couple of uh, notes here. Baseball related, that's right. If you missed the interview yesterday with Link Jarrett, go find it. It's up, Warchant TV, YouTube, WarChant.com. You can find it. It was a nice conversation. I enjoyed it. And I appreciate uh, that Link is uh, pretty much just, you know, you can ask. Link's a straight shooter. He'll talk about that roster, and he did uh, pretty thoroughly. And I, I, the candor is appreciated is what I'm getting at. So I think you'll like that. If you're a baseball guy, you care about baseball, and you want to know who these players are and the way they view them right now coming into the season doesn't mean that won't change. And obviously, roles get carved out differently as the year progresses and players either succeed or fail in those roles. But, I mean, he came forth with all of it and was not shy about, uh, I, I would say, praising certain players and,
1: and needing more from others. I was surprised to hear him go on about a certain freshman corner infielder. I didn't know, because every coach is different about placing pressure. Yeah, Mike pressure. Martin Jr.
0: didn't have any problems or qualms no. talking about players that he had a high ceiling for and that he thought well, they would be really good. But not every coach likes to go about that because of the added pressure that sort of conversation can create. Uh, but it appears that Link isn't worried about that either in that feels like the young man is impervious to it, that his talent overcomes
1: it no matter what. Yeah, the thing that he did for, for Cam was to say that, look, it's, there are going to be some bumps in the road where he's never been exposed to something quite like this, where yeah. uh, I think that's fair to say. You're a shortstop if you're the best player on a team in Little League, in Legion Ball, and in high school. Now you're moving to a different position, so that can mess with your brain in terms of everything because if oh, you sure. feel uncomfortable in the field, yeah. you might take that with you to the plate. And then also, every at-bat's tougher. If you face a setup man or a closer in ACC play, there is no relaxing. Whereas probably in high school, I'm just assuming here, but if you can get through the first guy, the rest of Martin is good and it's a precipitous drop off in skill level about who's coming next to the to the bump. So there are going to be some bumps in the road for Camp Smith, but you can't fake that size, you can't fake that motion. And by that I mean the motion of the swing and the power he generates. It's it's going to be fun to see, and I'm glad that Link is not afraid if a, if he believes the kid is good enough to place a little bit of pressure on him. But I just love that every question you asked him, and you asked him a lot, he had already considered it in his own world, in his own mm-hmm. method, mm-hmm. and he has a reason for everything that he does, and usually the reason is bullet point one subsection a b and c bullet point two well, that's subsection a b and c
0: yeah being thorough is important i think as a baseball manager especially you have a lot of things to consider with every move and he does consider them all weighty decisions um hey i, I gotta tell you cam smith is excited as i am about the freshman third baseman to see what he is we know six three two thirty a lot of power all those things and uh I never – you know, a lot of guys you worry about adjusting to this level as you're talking about with pitching, the deeper pitching staffs especially. But I'm actually curious to see how he does defensively at that size over at third base and uh, how light on his feet he is, how soft are his hands. But, but you know, a guy we kind of glossed over that I'm – it sounds strange to say it, but I have some high hopes for. And, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong on this because we did see him for three years. But boy, that was a tumultuous three years. And I felt like he really kind of fell off a cliff and couldn't get right mentally. And upon transferring transferring to Missouri, you saw the 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 core talent come out in him, had a much better year. Now he dropped off towards the end of that year. In the middle of the season, a lot of people looked at that and used it as an argument against the staff, which I understood. I mean, he transferred to Missouri and at one point halfway through the season was hitting like 380. And people went, Well, okay. And I, I got that. That is frustrating to say the least. But somewhere in there is the real Nander DeSantis, and I would like to see that young man play really well at second base, not just because it helps the team and he has a chance to be very good defensively, but offensively I think there's something in there with his experience and hopefully now confidence uh, that Florida State has You know, another player that maybe not a lot of people are counting on to be
1: a catalyst for this offense, but I think he can be. Well, yeah, I wonder if he ends up in the DH rotation because the way it sounded when you asked Link about him, He said he provides depth, but also the veteran presence at second base, which which tells me, just reading the tea leaves, that maybe you could find somebody else to play second, but that bat is something that you want in a lineup. I also am, we got to fix first base. We can't this year, clearly. uh, But we got to fix the situation at first base and have a real, you know, I like cookie cutter first baseman. That's one position Uh, where I I don't believe. Tibbs could be that. He's six feet tall. Oh, I understand what you're talking about, That's but I'm problem. talking about
0: hitting for power. Sure, I mean we yes, we had, we had slappy at
1: first base. Yes, the slash line's going to look fine. And Tibbs is a really talented player. Yeah, he's not play. six five. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. understand what Link is trying to do in terms of all right. If we can put Tibbs here, well, that opens linking up the, the lineup with hitters, and yeah, yeah we yeah, get yeah, yeah. maybe a little bit better defensively in the outfield. Tibbs' swing is just so pretty, man. I, the funny thing was he's talking about right field, and he's talking about how. You know, we need a good player out there, but we need better players in center. And left. <laughs> well, and that's a nice way of saying he needs people that can really run, yeah, in center and
0: left, and not somebody in right because of the short porch. And yeah, it's just a unique
1: position. Well, he says, then Jamie, you know, when we when we have a short porch and left, he can play left field. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. feel like you think that's going to be, you know, received as a positive. It's not. No, but we need the bat. We need the bat in the lineup. He's slow, it's is what the, I'm telling you. Look, man, I I'd like taller first baseman to be be able to clean up mistakes. And there are a lot of mistakes throwing across the diamond, especially in college at the college level. And and we've got to get better there. And it sounded like that was a tentative plan to play Tibbs at first, because he's still kind of understanding the position, starting to get it. Love his footwork, love his speed. Yeah, man, but the the range they're, they're not fixed and that's a square peg round hole situation. So there's going to be some things that it's not perfect. There's a reason he's taking over. Because it's not a perfect situation, but I look forward to that being settled in the years to come. I'm also looking forward very much to watch transfer McGuire Holbrook
0: as soon as he's healthy. He's not, quote, ready yet, returning from that injury. The quote from Link Jarrett was, soon. Is soon not this weekend, but next? Because that'd be cool. I mean, nothing personal against him, but I can't watch Colton Vincent play catcher again this year. Not for a prolonged period of time. Hey, maybe with this set of eyes and the instruction he gets here. Nope. Okay. Don't want it. Dude's a buck 60. I'm tired of it. He also isn't very good. So that combination he's is deadly. 87.
1: Okay. All right. Pump All right.
0: Break. Again, he's not very good. So let's just go that route. I I McGuire Holbrook. Let's get healthy, young man. We need you
1: out there. I heard there was no shortage of candidates to catch her. Hopefully, there well, are. It, yeah, it sounds like they all do something well, but not the other. Mm. You know, or or in. Well, we were phases, told but. that Colton
0: was a vacuum back there; that he, you know, nothing gets past the young man. I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to hit buck sixty, you better be able to pick it up. But neither were true. So you know, hey, now again, that's not a personal attack. The observation is that he stunk last year. Now he could take huge strides and god bless him maybe he will and maybe i'll serve yeah. as tough love cameron
1: well, for colton vincent you're gonna get the size you like holbrook and vincent are the same height but holbrook is 230. there you but go they, they, I was waiting squatty there. 230 <laughs> that's what i'm talking about let's go he's only a junior too via the uh west virginia transfer portal uh but he's only a junior and it sounds like if he doesn't have you know the perfect season to go on and and be paid as a professional that Link is really squarely in the corner of McGuire Holbrook. Like he really enjoyed plucking that kid from West Virginia. Uh, really quickly. The
0: only other piece that, you know, nobody it, days tomorrow guys. This is the reason it's the subject, but uh, I wanted to point out because we had questions afterwards. There were questions going into the interview, but it didn't take long for Link to talk about it. Wyatt Crowell is, is again going to come out of the bullpen is not in the weekend rotation. The way that folks wanted to see the junior lefty crack that rotation and I get it because of stuff two one two last year six and one out of the bullpen, but he's he's a guy that again in high leverage situations you want you want a guy you need a dude a really good one and they feel like he serves best for now out of the pen that can change and he said as much, but you got Carson Montgomery Jackson Baumeister, who I like a lot and Jamie Arnold on Sunday so it, it, that's a freshman left hander on a Sunday it's interesting we go with a freshman on. The game three of a series.
1: Yeah, I yes. It, I would think that the, the state of the series, is it a rubber game or not, would directly influence how long the freshman yeah, can goes. be left yeah. to his devices yeah. out there. Well, it, I mean, it's not a settled matter, but, it, yeah, if they do turn Montgomery into a Friday night guy, I think Crowell is going to find his way back into the weekend. And at that point, you might have the one-two that you're looking for here to take this thing and make it fun, make it real fun.
0: Tim McCarver, two-time World Series champion who obviously is most known by this audience, not for his baseball talents, but rather as a broadcaster. He did so nationally for a very long time and in three major league cities, including with your New York Mets, has died today at the age of 31, heart failure, as it is with all of us. Uh, 81 for Tim McCarver, 81 years of age. McCarver, um, obviously, going all the way back to 1959, playing with the Cardinals, a uh, Hall of Famer, Emmy Award winner, and somewhat polarizing as a broadcaster. Uh, many around here will remember the famed incident in which Deion Sanders doused water on him. That was not an incident in which Deion bathed himself in glory. But uh, that, that is something that might jog your
1: memory if you did not who, know who Tim McCarver was the dead today at the age of 81. It's amazing the career. Um, I don't mean to pivot off of Tim because Tim was, ai mean, he's a voice of my childhood. If you heard Tim McCarver, you were playing in a, in a baseball game that mattered. And had cool and, stories about Bob Gibson as well, by the way. <laughs> really um, cool stories. He was one of the authorities on Bob Gibson, obviously being the battery mate. But um, if you heard Tim McCarver's voice or John Miller and Joe Morgan's voice, you were playing a game of significance because when I was growing up, it still was the case. MLB.com video was only developing in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And so weekly baseball was a big deal to be able to see your team if you were out of market. You know, extra innings was very expensive in those days. So Tim formed every World Series from my childhood, including the 2000 Subway Series that we lost in five games. I remember it sounded like he was very happy about that. (laughs) But what was interesting about that is also Joe Buck and McCarver, that was like Joe Buck's original Yeah, It was his assignment. partner, yeah. That team was as unlikable as it got, the two of them together. Oddly. Yeah, sometimes and, it is about who you're paired with. And Joe's career went upwards, and Joe is now one of the better ones. You know, if he's calling the game, am I thrilled? No, but I know he's going to do a good job. He'll be solid.
0: You're going to get a solid day's
1: effort. Yeah. Right, but nice when it effort. was Joe Buck and Tim McCarver, that was tough. It has a tough time.
0: Well, you know what's funny is what you talked about it, and and we, we're we entering into baseball season, and for me it signifies the change of seasons, not just athletically. And I always think about, you know, it kind of warms my heart. I love the sounds of baseball. I've talked about the before. I love the sights and the smells of baseball. I love being able to come home after doing this show and uh, cook dinner for the family and then have baseball on in the background. It doesn't even have to be my Pirates. I just like the sounds of baseball. And baseball lends itself to that because of the pacing of the game. You really do need – uh, a guy who can paint a picture, a guy who can really tell a story. Uh, obviously, there are some very, very famous individuals who most recently have passed, and now you're adding another one uh, to the list. But I, I always think of guys when I was a kid, like Mel Allen. And, I, you know, this week in baseball was, for me, the show of shows. And just being able, and you, and you associate those voices with that game. A little bit like and not unlike, uh, I guess, John Madden. Pat Summerall with football. You heard those voices, you knew. Oh, man. But Mel Allen was that for me, and in a weird way, Tim McCarver was too. And I didn't even have to like Tim McCarver. I just, Steve Stone's another one. hmm. Because when you got home, he from was school, the Cubs. Yeah. He always. was the Cubs forever, and then the
1: White Sox, and now he's still doing it. Steve he's Stone's still, still it. the Cubs to me. Like, that's we'll how that's, always I'm old be. enough for him to be the
0: Cubs. Well, he kid. would have to get Harry in line. He would yeah. always have to get Harry <laughs> in line. Harry's uh, drunk uh, off his ass in uh, the second uh, inning. And a had, lot of people did. Yeah, and Steve's <laughs> like, Harry. You know, and. Well, <laughs> You know, and then there he was. And you just
1: kind (laughs) of... I'll never forget. I would do it. Oh, man. There was a a uh, Cubs-Pirates game when I was a kid. It was Barry Bonds with the Pirates. So when did he leave? 91, 92? Barry Bonds? Yeah, when did he leave? Right after we lost to the Braves in uh, 92? It might have been one of his earlier years with the Giants then. Anyway, he was the guy who caught the ball. But the Cubs were staging this unbelievable ninth-inning comeback, down like six or seven runs winning runs at the plate. Yeah, It's yeah. a drive. Come all the way back. It's yeah. hit. And then Barry's underneath it. Bonds catches it. Go home! <laughs> Go home, everybody! <laughs> the rally falls short. It was like he had somewhere to be. If I'm going to be here, we better win. And they didn't. There are yeah. wonderful
0: moments all over YouTube of Harry Carey imbibing and discussing baseball. And he does so with Bill Murray on a couple of A young Bill Murray. And it is... It's wonderful. It, it's it's entertaining. Um, and then, you know, the famed stories. We could go on and on and on about the Barry losing it. When they first got lights, it messed him up. And he's over there looking at moths in the light, thinking it's the ball telling how people how far it's going to be out of the state. It's caught in the infield. Caught by the shortstop. Oh, Steve's like, Harry, that's routine pump up to the shortstop. And we're done. No runs on no hits.
1: At the end of two, <laughs> there's a clip uh, years ago and, it, and it's I've noticed that I found it and then I saw there was a chain of Knoll fans that every so often find this clip of Summerall and John Madden in the booth. Watching, uh, well, you know, at Fox NFL Sunday game from years ago. And Burt Reynolds. And oh, a- yeah. And, and Ann Margaret's next to him. Yes. Yeah. And do you know what they talk about? Yeah. His time at FSU when. He was a guest instructor. Pat, Pat Summerall was a guest instructor of Burt Reynolds when he was a player. But he was a coach. Well, but he's apparently it's never been listed on – I looked him up. I looked up Pat. It's yeah. never been listed in Wikipedia or wherever. That, like, yeah, man said title you was. helped coach him.
0: And he said, yes, yeah. I did. And then yeah. he has not so many flattering things. Right. He, was, he was a defensive back. Yeah, that's right. I had was, a big personality. Was he any good? He had a great personality. <laughs> I still laugh about I it. I didn't
1: know he's Lake City's own Pat Summer. Yeah,
0: you could find it. Oh, he ended up retiring in Jacksonville. And in his heyday would have a good time. Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a great time, and be uh, unoffended or often. It's okay. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com.